How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Hey, before we jump into the episode, I have to tell you some exciting news. I have been completely revamping the content inside Teacher Hustle University to teach you all specifically about something I call profit funnels. This, I believe, no matter whether you have a TPT store, a physical product, a knowledge product like a course or membership or a service-based business, setting up a profit funnel in your business will allow you to put your business on autopilot and do the things that you wanted to do when you set out to create this business. Things like having the time and the freedom to go on a family vacation, to put your work down for a bit. Basically, your marketing will be on autopilot. I'm going to teach you how to set up this profit funnel for your business in five easy, simple steps that we're doing together in the five-day profit funnel challenge. It is totally free and it's happening really soon. It's going to start on March 31st. You do need to register to get all the details to get this set up. And if you feel like now is the time that you want to start building out the back end of the marketing in your business so that it runs on autopilot and you can kind of enjoy your summer, let's build it now and enjoy our summer to relax and let our business keep running. You are going to want to go over and register at alyssamcdonald.com slash challenge to get in on that challenge starting March 31st. I can't wait to build your profit funnels with you, and I will see you inside the challenge. A couple of weekends ago in the Teacher Hustle You crew, we had a virtual retreat. And at that virtual retreat, we had a guest speaker, Coach Kelly. She came in to lead a vision board workshop, and she was talking about your vision. And she was walking us through sort of a meditation where we were supposed to picture our vision. And we were going to do a little bit of um, a vision board exercise around that. And she said, visualize where you think you'll be a year from now. And I close my eyes. And usually visualization exercises are really easy for me. I know what I want. I can close my eyes and see it. But this time when I closed my eyes, I saw nothing, (laughs) nothing that I wanted differently than what I have right now. I thought maybe, maybe we want to go on a family trip, but truly envisioning my life a year from now, I just want it to be exactly the same as it is right now. There's not anything major that I really wanted to add to my vision board. So when we opened our eyes, I asked her, what happens when you've already arrived at your vision? Then what? Everything I've been envisioning my whole life, working from home, being with my kids, 
being in a bigger home in a neighborhood we love, having a little bit of financial freedom to buy things that we want or go on vacations. This is where I want to be. And ever since I had that call with Coach Kelly, I've been sort of sitting with this question. What do you do once you arrived in your vision? And Coach Kelly said something that really sat with me. She said, you need to be working on living in your vision. And no matter whether you feel like you've arrived or not, there are small ways all of us can live in our vision right now. And she said the best way to do that is to anchor in gratitude, to really sit and journal about the things you're thankful for that are already happening. And that will allow you to live in it a little bit. And you guys know me, I'm, I'll am i I'll do the woo, I am into the woo, but only if it's followed by actionable steps. So I really like the way she said to anchor in gratitude because being present is a really hard thing for me. It's too abstract. I need actionable steps and gratitude is one way to stay present. So since I had that session with her, I did a lot of work around putting limits on social media and my phone and really just being present in this vision with my kids. But I love the simplicity of taking out a journal and writing down what I'm grateful for each day. And that is going to help me really, like I said, stay present. I'm a dreamer. So all my life, I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life when I didn't have some sort of dream or vision that I was working toward. So for me, it's very uncomfortable to be in a spot where I'm not dreaming of of what's next. Um, and so I decided to make this episode. And the reason I wanted to make this episode is to show you that even if you have things on your vision board, even you have if you have a lot left on your vision board, there are still ways to live in your vision right now. Like Coach Kelly would say, start with a gratitude journal, write down the things you're grateful for and the things that are already your vision that are happening right now. But I also think it's important to do some journaling and to look back on the moments that brought you to where you are now. Or if you're in a space where things feel like they're not adding up and you've got all these seemingly random experiences and random things happening to you and you're in a scary moment or a weird moment of your life where things just aren't coming together, then this podcast is for you because I truly believe after having that call with Coach Kelly and kind of looking back on the things that I'm grateful for, I truly believe that every single moment of my life brought me to the place I am in now. And I believe that for you too. So I believe that you are exactly where you need to be listening to this podcast episode right now. You are listening to this podcast episode because in some way you needed to hear this message today whether that's because you're already in your vision and you need to be living in it and you need to hear Coach Kelly's message too, or maybe it's because you're in one of these scary, questionable moments where you're unsure and you don't know what's next and you just feel a little confused. I want to show you that I had those moments too, and they were all leading me to this vision. So I want to share with you some of the experiences that I used to think were insignificant Uh, scary. I wasn't sure how they were going to come together and how they really played into this big picture so that hopefully you can see if you're in one of those moments now that it will be important to the bigger story. 
And I know that sometimes when you're stuck in those spots where you're not sure, maybe you're maybe you are in between jobs or you are thinking about switching grade levels or you took on a position that you're not sure if it was right or what it means. Or maybe it's something in your business like you tried out on um you tried out an online business, but like you're not sure if it's going to work, if it's the thing you really want to focus on. Those moments can feel really confusing and muddy. You have a vision, but you're not sure how to get there, and the steps are not clear. And so in this podcast episode, I want to show you that you are still on a path. Even if the path isn't totally clear, you just need to keep taking small steps because every single step you take leads you toward the next experience, which is going to lead you toward that bigger vision. So for Valentine's Day, I put together a little video for my husband and I was looking back through old pictures and this kind of inspired this podcast episode too, because as I was looking back at all the old, and I went way, way back in my pictures. And as I was looking back, I was looking at some of these moments and looking at my face and how unsure I was in those moments and those times that were really key moments. And I was looking back on these pictures and thinking, wow, my life, if I didn't choose this path or that path, could have been wildly different than it is right now. And I'm so happy with where it is right now. So somehow I made the right choice, even though at the time I was so unsure. I am not a decision maker. In fact, that's something I'm always working on is being more decisive. Uh, And I, so I would agonize, especially when I was younger, I would agonize over every decision. And when I would finally make a decision, I would worry that it was the wrong one. And so throughout my life, there were, scary decisions and painful decisions, sad decisions, expensive decisions, all kinds of decisions. And as I'm looking back on these pictures, I'm realizing every single decision was exactly the one I needed to make to get to where I am now. So whether you believe in the universe or some some sort of spiritual thing behind that or everything happens for a reason, whether you believe that or not, I think it's important to realize that to anchor in gratitude means to appreciate all of those moments and all of those decisions for what they did for who you are right now. So I could totally dive into the, the stuff on a personal level. As I was looking back through those pictures, I definitely believe that every choice I made in my personal life led me to a very fulfilled personal life now. But I'm going to stick with the business decisions for this podcast episode. We won't get too personal. I just want to take you through a few examples from my own life of decisions that were scary or painful or expensive that actually led me to this place. And I hope it'll show you that you're on your way. So if you're living in something scary or or painful or sad, or if you've just paid for something expensive, or if you're terrified of making the next move, you're exactly where you need to be. And you were supposed to hear this episode so that you could take the next step that you need to take. And you probably know what that step is. The first example, I'm going to go way back. Before I landed my teaching job, I don't think I've ever, I'm not even sure if I've told anyone this story ever. Um, I don't even know if I've told my husband this, but I was fresh out of college. I want to say I was 22 or 23 years old. 
And I didn't go to college far from the town where I grew up, like an hour away. And so I really hadn't gone far. And I had this feeling that most, I think, early 20-year-olds, in your early 20s, you get this feeling that like, there's got to be more out there than my town, right? And I felt stuck and I wanted to travel and get out and see the world and do something different and out of the ordinary. And I was interested in teaching because I had always wanted to be a teacher. That's really all I ever wanted. And in college, I was super focused on that. If you know me, you know that when I want to learn something, I'm going to learn everything about it. And I was really dedicated. But once I graduated, I was like, well, I'm also interested in other things. I was really interested in social justice. And I was interested in um, maybe working for a nonprofit organization that I cared about. I was also interested in technology and social media, which at the time was really limited. It was basically Facebook. But I was interested in new emerging technology and ways to communicate with people around the world. And I So I started filling out applications and um, I started building my resume, not really to be a teacher here in my town, but to work for a nonprofit in a big city where I could use the skills I had just learned to uh, do something I was really passionate about. I applied for programs like Teach for America. What I wanted to do was do a gap year where I had this kind of experience and then I would look for a teaching job. And just wanted to see where that would lead me. And those applications took me a lot of time. I had to, there were late nights. I had to think outside the box. I had to create a website for my portfolio and learn about how to create a website and how to put all that together. I remember creating a video. And at the time, I was motivated by this vision of just getting out of my town and doing something that meant something. But I didn't hear back on any of those applications, probably because I was a small town girl applying to these random jobs in random cities. Um, and I also ended up putting applications in at local schools. And I did hear back from a local school. And I got that job fresh out of college with the world at my fingertips. I suddenly was faced with the opportunity to take that job and be settled here in this town in a place that feels like home, that's close to my family, that I really like with all my friends. So there was something really nice and comforting in that. And I had wanted to be a teacher my whole life. Like I said, I had always visualized my classroom and how I was going to set it up. And so it was really a no-brainer. I I forgot all about the the other stuff and traveling the world. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to set up my classroom. This is great. And then I focused on that for the next 13 years. I... I immediately said yes. I was the best teacher I possibly could be. I got into my classroom. I dedicated myself to teaching. And then I, I would say, you know, around the 10 year mark, I started getting a, that feeling again of like, okay, I, I still feel like there's something more for me. But I could look back at the importance of me just having to go through that application process learning how to create my own website, learning how to market myself, um, how to create video. I know those are all simple things, but having to learn how to do them myself and really put myself out there and figure out how to use my skill set and kind of figure out what I was passionate about, I kept that part of myself throughout my 13 years of teaching. And so some of my favorite parts about teaching were just being part of a movement. So during teaching, I would always work with my fifth graders on a persuasive essays were my or argument essays were my favorite unit. And we would always talk about advocating for change, talk about things they were passionate about. And I really loved to help the fifth graders make change and, and to really use writing to make change. 
And I taught my students how to leverage their skills to speak up for something that they were passionate about. And then I was also able to use my interest in technology to teach my students. I had a podcast, like an after-school club, podcasting and video creation, and I led professional development for other teachers about technology. And I was really able to lean into all those skills that I thought I would use out in some big city somewhere for a nonprofit. I still used them in teaching. So I can see that moment in time that now when I look back was like a turning point. What if I had chosen the other path? And though I was sometimes disappointed in myself for not taking that opportunity or pushing it, pushing until I got it, I still used all of those passions and skills in my teaching position. And I know that they helped me get to where I am today. Plus, as a teacher, you know, you take professional developments, you learn, you grow. I had, I had a wonderful admin that helped me grow personally and professionally. All these great experiences that helped me get to, to help me grow to where I am today. But that adventurous side, like I said, never quite died down. And so I was still here in my town and I was feeling settled, but I always had this feeling there was more. I always had this feeling like there must be an opportunity for me to make a greater impact. And I'm entrepreneurial by nature, and so is my sister, really my whole family, actually. And my sister and I, though, we love to get together and cook, really to eat. (laughs) We love to cook and eat. And we would get together and we would make risotto. That was like our favorite thing. And we would sit around and talk for hours. And usually when we were talking, we would dream up new ideas and entrepreneurial ideas, different business ideas. And I don't know if I've ever told you this one either, but at one point, and this was a long, long time ago, but at one point we dreamed up a subscription box. And this was way before subscription boxes were a thing. So we're always kicking ourselves and laughing now about like, we could have been the first people to really do a subscription box. We probably would be rich if we would have followed this idea. Do you have, do you have those ideas where you look back and you're like, oh, if I would have done that or this? But I can see how every choice I made brought me here. That's what this podcast episode is about, right? So we had this idea that we could create a box that would arrive every single month and it would have art supplies for kids to create crafts. I don't know where we came up with that idea, to be honest, because I am not artsy. Neither one of us really likes, like, it's not that we don't like art, but it's not our talent by any means. And yeah, I don't know where we came up with that idea, but we... We're really excited about it. We thought people would love this for their kids. Every month they would get this new project and it would come with directions and we would get the materials together. And we actually made an entire business out of it. It was called Spark Packs. You could probably look it up and find like a really old website. Um, We bought the boxes. We actually bought the supplies. We sold some. We learned how to make a website. And this was really, really early on before any sort of marketing strategy online was easier accessible and subscription boxes were not a thing and marketing online really wasn't a big deal like there wasn't much you could do to get the word out and we felt really stuck right there like we we kind of hit a dead end with trying to get the word out about this business everybody that knew us locally thought it was cool but uh, we really couldn't move beyond that because there there weren't as many opportunities so Then as we started cooking and eating some more and chatting some more, we came up with this idea, or I should say my sister came up with the idea, to open a shop locally. But we thought we would pivot to something that we both liked a little bit more. And something that we've always both really enjoyed is just we have this love of old things, vintage things, furniture and antiques. We just love a a good flea market. Um, 
we love history and just we we love when objects have a history if that makes any sense to anyone and so she suggested that we open up a combination of kind of like a boutique a place we could sell vintage items or we could take items from flea markets and kind of reimagine them and that all led to us selling a line of paint and teaching people how to paint up old furniture and bring it back to life which didn't feel quite aligned with what I wanted to do what my passion where my passion was but I really just loved being a part of our community and networking and uh, I was just excited about having a local store so we went forward with that idea and we sold our spark packs in the store and that's how those two ideas came together but as you know about that story, I ended up taking on the networking and the marketing for the store. So I was in charge of bringing in traffic and building our brand and bringing our local business into the online space because that was something that was becoming really popular. Pinterest came out. Everyone was using Pinterest and Facebook. It was becoming more popular. And so my job was to bring our local business into the online space, which felt really aligned to what I wanted to do. It was I was getting closer, right? I was doing this on the side of teaching. But the problem is it's really hard to run a full-time in-person business on the side of a full-time teaching job. It's not a side hustle. It's two full-time jobs. Um, Even though my sister and I would split the hours and we had staff, if someone called in sick or there was some kind of of an issue, like one of us had to go in and cover that shift. You had to be there to open the store. And my sister was also working full-time. I don't even know how we pulled that off. And I was ready to start a family. So this was after two years of running this store and really putting our all into it the hours became just less and less possible to keep up with. And this was an agonizing decision, one of those decisions that you just don't want to face. And we knew we were coming up on this decision a couple of years um, into owning the store. We kind of knew it was coming to a close because we just, we were tired. We didn't have the bandwidth to grow it anymore. And that was a really sad and scary decision. We avoided it for a little while. We had put a ton of time and money into the store. We loved it. We had built relationships. We were known within the community. There were people that were repeat customers that just loved the store that were coming in all the time and coming to all our classes. And we felt like we were disappointing them. And closing a store, just you feel like a little bit of a failure, to be honest. There's no way to close a store without feeling like you failed somebody. And it was a lot of work too. Like it's not like you can just close it and that's it. You have to move out. You got to get rid of the remaining inventory. Like it was a messy, hard job. But like all great decisions that you avoid forever and ever, it came to a screeching halt because we were sort of forced into the decision. Our building had a problem with asbestos. That's a whole nother story. Uh, And this place, this old building we were renting from, we found out that there was asbestos in the building. We had to close the store, um, close it down for a little while. And we just took that as a sign that it was time to close the store for good, that rather than trying to reopen after that problem, that this was this was our sign that this chapter needed to close. And that was scary and sad and I didn't understand, like, why did I have this experience? What was that for? Was that was a was that a waste of two years of work and pouring ourselves into it? And at the time, it just felt like a dead end. So if you're in one of those dead end moments right now, you need to know, and this is what I'm trying to tell you with this podcast episode, that I can now look back and see that I had to, I had to own that store. 
It's a piece of my story. And not just for the professional growth and on a surface level, like the marketing piece, sure. And that's kind of the story that I tell, that I learned a lot about marketing when I worked at the store. I did. But it was also just the personal growth that comes from, oh, I owned a business. And so then when I went into this business, it was not nearly as scary because I've already run a business. I've already done all these things. I've already gone to networking events. Um, and we were, like I said, really involved with the local community. And so all of those experiences, it leads to both personal and professional growth. And so I can see now that that was part of the journey toward my vision. And even though the store itself sometimes felt like, Ugh, what was that experience about? It was out of alignment with what I thought I wanted, which was something to do with working for a nonprofit, something to do with technology. At this point, I didn't know what. Somehow, this was going to play a part in my overall story, but I could not see what it was going to do at the time. I just didn't know at the time what purpose the store was going to play in my overall story. So I just kept following my passion. And the next step for me was following my passion with marketing and change making. I went back online and rather than applying for positions in other cities this time, now remote work was more popular. So I started working for a couple big companies as a ghostwriter, companies that were big, change-making, some nonprofits, um, and just doing some work for them. And I started my own blog. I didn't really put it out there, but I just loved having a place to write and keep track of my life at the time. I was going through some things in my personal life, so I was just kind of tracking all of that. And I also started working with local companies who needed my help with marketing and networking because they wanted to bring their business into the online space, but still have that feel of a local business. And they wanted the traffic that an online business or an online presence could bring, but they didn't want to lose their values. And so I would coach them one-on-one or I would do done-for-you stuff for them, like building their websites, because of course I knew how to do that at this point. Writing was something I love, social media, something I had really grown to love, and that was wonderful for a time, but then I wanted to start having kids. And again, I was trading my time for money and there just wasn't enough time to continue. So for me, this felt like one more thing that, oh, here goes Alyssa again, doing something else. And I was still teaching full time. I only had a certain amount of hours at night that I could do anything and I didn't know how to sustain it. And so again, here comes this time where it's like, okay, I know this chapter has to close. And this was this this was possibly the scariest point or the muddiest point. Like it's always darkest before the dawn. It's always muddiest before it comes becomes clear. And so here I was again at this point where I could not handle this business on the side anymore. It just was not working. I felt like another attempted business was not going to work out. And I was enjoying teaching, but again, I was still having this feeling like I missed an opportunity or like I just had this skill set that I wasn't putting to use. And then I started to think, did I mess up by not traveling right after school? And did I miss everything? Did I miss that whole boat? Like, is there this part of me that's just never going to get there? And I just couldn't see how the pieces could come together. The vision was there, but I couldn't put my finger on the action steps. I couldn't put my finger on every action step, but I could put my finger on the next action step. So I could cut pictures out of a magazine and put them on my bulletin board. Like the vision board part was fine. This this feeling, though, that there was something more for me out there 
And then this like vague trail of experiences that seemed to lead to nowhere. And at the same time, on a personal level, I was settling down and buying a home and getting married and having kids. Did I miss a boat? What is the next step? Maybe is there something more for me? But maybe I should just be happy with what I have. I'm lucky. I have a steady job and a home and a family. And maybe I just need to forget about that side of me. And so it was at that time that I, and I don't know how this started. Maybe I listened to a podcast episode or I read a book. I don't know, but something in me clicked that I could create a course instead of doing one-to-one. So instead of meeting with local businesses one-to-one in the evenings, I could do a one-to-many model. I could make a course. I thought if I could just reach a lot of the local businesses at one time rather than one-to-one, then I could maximize my time better. And I actually had this red spiral-bound notebook. Um, I just threw it out the other day. It was full of ideas for this course that I was going to make on how to leverage social media as a local business, how to stay true to your values, but also get access to the larger online space. And then this is where everything starts together. People started to hear that I was helping with marketing and they would ask me help if they had a side business. And this is when a couple teachers at my school asked me about Teachers Pay Teachers. They wanted to start a Teachers Pay Teachers store. They heard they could make money there and they wanted to know what was my advice as far as getting started and marketing and all of that. Not necessarily because I was a TPT expert. I think they knew that I had like a little store, but because I knew about marketing and they knew that if they could leverage marketing, they could have a real side business. And so that's kind of where this story all started coming together. I had this feeling that I could help these teachers at my school who wanted to start their own side business. And the breadcrumbs started to come together to make this bigger picture. So if you look back at all the little pieces that I just told you in that really long story, these pieces of my story that were scary and sad and expensive and terrifying, they all came together when I realized that I could use my teaching skills and marketing knowledge and seemingly random experiences to help with this problem teachers were having. They were confused about how to get the word out about their business. And it didn't come together all at once. It came together slowly as I took, like I said, just the next small step, the next small step toward that kind of vague vision and those vision board pictures of like a home and a family and a car. I just kept taking small steps toward that. And then everything evolved and I evolved and changed and grew. And I didn't even really understand the extent of my skill set. I knew that I knew my stuff when it came to marketing, but what I didn't realize was that these experiences really set me up for success here. First of all, I just have a natural marketing brain. If you've ever nerded out with me on a coaching call about marketing, you know, because my brain goes a mile a minute. I'm just somebody who really has this interest in human psychology. I always have loved to dissect marketing strategy. I never knew I was doing it, but I used to sit like at a restaurant. You're probably thinking about what you want for dinner. I'm thinking about how the music that's playing in the background is impacting the vibe of the restaurant and how the vibe of the restaurant is impacting the way people eat, which is impacting the amount of money that's moving through that restaurant. If the music is fast, people will eat faster. They'll get out faster. The restaurant will make more money from smaller sales. And if the music is slow, it's probably higher priced and the people are meant to linger, right? I would, this is what I think about at dinner, you guys. This is, this is how my brain works. But I didn't realize that 
that meant that I could help people with marketing strategy. And I love to write, but I didn't know that meant that I could help with brand strategy. And I can take a really abstract idea and map out the steps in 10 minutes flat. I didn't know that would make me a good project manager. It was all these experiences married with sort of like my natural skills and the learned skills that brought everything together. And I didn't know that wanting travel and wanting to be part of a movement didn't mean I had to live in a different city. That just meant that I needed to be connected with people from around the world. This is it. It meant having a mission and being connected with other people working toward the same mission and bringing your talents forward to help in some small way with this mission. It didn't mean that I needed to switch out of teaching and work for a nonprofit I'm just working toward a mission with the talents that I've developed over the years. So here I am sitting in my vision, living in my vision. It's not fancy. It's not crazy. I'm not a multimillionaire and I'm not driving a sports car. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a teacher. Here I am. I wanted to write. I am here. I'm doing it. I wanted to be part of a movement. We are. There is not any place in your life where there's not room for growth. We have to begin with gratitude and then look at how we can develop and evolve from there. And I'm sharing all these stories with you not to do like a big long story time. I hope that wasn't so boring for you. My point in telling you those stories, and I know you've heard some of them before, but sharing all of that was that I know that some of you are in, you're in one of those places where you're doing something, you're trying something, you're, you've started something and you maybe feel like a failure or you're not sure what the next decision is or you're not sure if it was the right decision and you don't know, you don't feel like you're in your vision yet. You don't really see the clear steps to get there and you're not sure how this is all going to play out. I think you're going to get to a spot, I I know you're going to get to a spot where you will look back and be thankful you went through what it is you're going through right now. You're not going to know it right now. You'll know it later. You'll know when you get there. And I just want to encourage you to keep taking small steps, even if you can't see the whole picture. But you know, I'm actionable. There's no way I'm going to do a whole woo episode and not leave you with some actionable steps. So I want you to get your journal out. Let's journal on this a little bit because I want to help you figure out what the next step is. You probably already know what it is. You may just be a little scared to take it. So I want to give you that push to take the next step toward your vision. Or if you are like me and you already feel like you're living in your vision, then let's live in it a little bit more. Even if there are just parts of your vision that you're like, you know what, I've already got that. Let's enjoy it. Let's live in it instead of always dreaming. So get your journal out. You know, that's my favorite thing, journaling. And let's sit with your big experiences for a minute. I want you to look back over your life or over your photos like I did and journal about some of the really big key decisions or experiences in your life. Maybe it was a professional development you took that really stuck with you or a decision to switch schools or grade levels. And just kind of jot down and brainstorm all the major decisions or experiences you have. Like if you were going to create a resume right now that would list your major experiences, write those down. No judgment. Just list them. And then still thinking about this resume idea, if you had to list your strengths, 
things you are good at, things you love to do. List those all out. And again, no judgment here. Just list them. The things that you're naturally good at, like the way that I said that I sit in a restaurant and my marketing brain is working. What are those things that you just naturally love doing? List those. So, so far, we're going to list our experiences. We're going to list our skill set. And then sit with your vision a bit. What does your vision look like? What is it that you want in your ideal world? If you could erase all the circumstances surrounding this, how to get there and all that, what would you be doing in your career and in life? If you could erase all the steps you have to take to get there, because we might not know those yet, right? Just where are you? What does it look like? And then last, anchor in gratitude, like Coach Kelly says. What part of that vision is already happening What are you thankful for right now that you could be enjoying a little bit more right now rather than always living in the future? We have to have a balance between knowing what we want the future to hold, the vision, and living in the vision that's happening right now. And then also we have to kind of sit back and see the big picture. And if you can see all of the dots, maybe you can't connect them, but at least you've got a handle on what the dots are then all you have to do is keep making forward decisions. Keep making small decisions, even if they're scary, even if they're expensive, even if they're sad. Whether it's another course that you want to take towards something you're interested in, or it's another thing you want to try out or do. Just keep taking those steps, knowing that you at least have some clarity around your experiences and knowing and trusting that these experiences and these small steps are going to move you forward and that you are exactly where you need to be. Just by listening to this podcast episode, something here must have resonated with you and something here will get you to that next step. So come on over to Instagram, DM me or tag me in a post, teacher by nap time with a picture of this episode and let me know if this was what you needed to hear right now and let me know what is your next bold move, the big step that you know you need to take that you weren't going to take before this episode, and now you might. I hope this brings you a little bit closer to your light bulb moment and your vision, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs, so send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.